0: 2022 is here and so is the season five of Only One Shot Golf, the podcast that I'll be hosting again this season. It's been a lot of fun the last uh, four seasons, getting to know some of the men's coaches and women's coaches throughout college golf, our instructors, everybody's been great with their time. And once again, we want to thank Steve Azar for allowing us to use his music. You can find Steve at steveazar.com. If you want to get in touch with us, you can contact us at onlyoneshotgolf at gmail.com. Or check us out on Instagram and uh, let us know what you think of the podcast. You got any suggestions? Anyone you may want to hear from? Uh, let us know. So let's get started with uh, the opening episode of season five. We have Golda Borst, the University of Kentucky women's head golf coach. She's now in her twelfth season there, leading the uh, Wildcats uh, to a top thirty-four nationally ranked this season. After the fall, they were also uh, made it to the NCAA's this past spring for the first time since nineteen ninety-two. She has this team moving in the right direction. It's going to be another good spring for them. So uh, let's get to know Golda better and get her on the phone. Let's welcome Golda Borst, the head coach of the Kentucky Women's Wildcat Golf Team. Golda, thanks for spending some time with me today.
1: Absolutely, Jim. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, it's uh, you've been busy. you got the holidays. you got two sweet little girls and... I, you blink of an eye the 22, 2022 spring season starts uh, soon. you got the girls coming back pretty soon yep. and getting ready to go again.
1: Genuinely, blink of an eye. Um, I feel like it was just yesterday that, that the team went home on holiday break. We had our Christmas dinner at Rupp Arena, and, and now they come back here over the weekend. So, yeah, it went, it went by really fast.
0: How cool is that to have a place like Rupp Arena and you have the great basketball tradition the football teams the women's volleyball, the golf team now uh what's it like to be at a university that's having so much success and being part of that
1: jim it's it's been very special and and i've been here now we just talked about it but but this is my 12th season and wow. to see so you mentioned yeah women's volleyball um used to be in the same hallway as them and from my office and now i'm now i'm moved but to see the work ethic, to see the recruits that they would bring in, you know, we would talk recruiting and what to do on visits and, and just to bounce ideas. And and our coach actually coach Skinner, he happens to be a a very, very good player as well in golf. Um, So that's, it's, it's very special. And to see what our football team is doing, obviously men's basketball has a, has a wonderful tradition, but you're seeing some of these other teams come on really strong. I mean, every women's team, our swim and dive women's team won their first sec championship this past summer. Um, And then obviously volleyball was the national championship. So, and then we had Olympian, we have a gold medal and and rifle, um, shooter, you know, in the Olympics. So it's a very special environment, um, that, that we're in. And our school does a very good job of, of connecting the athletes together and highlighting everybody's accomplishments. So we, we had a, you know, video, um, they they pull all the athletes together in the beginning and do a, an orientation kind of thing and they pulled down jensen as the u.s women's Dam champion uh with the olympians uh, that had won medals and and just for them to do that you know and and had her on the video board there and and uh, really made it feel special for for her and for our team and showed our accomplishment of of going to the national championship and um yeah it's it's very neat. It's just the, the the culture here is strong right now, and and that's just a testament to to the work of all the other coaches and and what's going on.
0: What can you learn from those other coaches? Can you do you guys share? Do y'all share some you know tips in that amongst? And it's it's different recruiting, but it's still not. It's still recruiting and and getting people to come to uh, University of Kentucky.
2: Yeah, absolutely. We, um, we have
1: a head coaches meeting every month and that's mainly compliance, but it provides us an opportunity to, to visit and, and to chat. And obviously, um, you know, we try to pick each other's brains on recruiting, um, all the time, you know, and, and we have a very, um, we have a, a strong kind of leadership program, development program within Kentucky, not just for, for each sport, but, but as as a person and, and for that one too, we share a lot of information of, of what we do to help develop the players as, as people, as, as leaders. And, and then that obviously helps them in their sport. So yeah, we try to pick each other's brains a lot. I'm good friends with our rifle coach and, He's won several national championships, harry and and uh, he's unconventional, but but he's amazing at what he does and and um, it's just it's just fun to talk to these other coaches. Uh, we We learn a lot from each other.
0: yeah, you've you've called this home now like you said it's your twelfth season, but let's get to know you a little bit better. You grew up in Sweden. what was it like Because skiing so <laughs> big and, and golf, of course, Annika's influence up there. But who got you started and who influenced you the most early on?
1: Yeah, so, Monica um, definitely, I have a funny story about that I'll share with you, but I got started when I was young, six, it was really my parents both, uh, mom was like, we need to do something as a family, mm. <laughs> so we, we got going with golf, and, and um, I, I played a, a lot of different sports, um, and golf seemed to be what I was really good at, I enjoyed it, you know, I was by myself, an individual sport, and, and had a talent for it, and, and had a, a swing coach um, that really, inspired me and helped me and and he wasn't very technical and but he was really solid so he got me into it a lot and then my dad you know just kept pushing one of your typical typical golf dad
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, drove me everywhere and and helped me in a lot of ways and um yeah i, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for for both my parents really um and, and just been pushing me and, and giving me all the opportunities that I had
0: as a kid. Yeah. That's the thing. It's there's, there's they call them golf dads, but there's a point of pushing mm-hmm. and, and, and giving you the opportunity to succeed. But you mentioned Annika. Right. what kind of influence and how much have you got to spend any time with her? So
1: uh, Yeah, not really. She's, she's a bit older than me and, and I've actually talked to her more as, as I've gotten older. Um, I saw her at the junior Solheim cup just this past summer. We've, I think we had the longest conversation we'd ever had and, it was nice getting to know her a little bit. And, and uh, we had some similar viewpoints and opinions on some things and being that we're um, we both live over here and and having grown up in Sweden and played for the national team. And obviously her at a much higher level than me um, being one of the, the best in the world, but, but it's just, it's neat to see what she's doing to give back I think to junior golf now and to girls golf and, and all of those things. I think that's so incredibly important. But but funny story, I was I was like 10, 11, something like that. And we were at a, my parents took me to a European ladies tour event and she was playing as an amateur.
2: Mm. And
1: I was that kid, I was getting everybody's um, autographs and my mom looks at me and she goes, Are you, aren't you going to get Annika's autograph? And she was about to win the tournament. <laughs> I looked at my parents and I said, I don't want I don't want no amateur autograph. <laughs> and boy, Jim, have I eaten those words um, for years to come. So I'm I'm a bit disappointed in myself and obviously she she turned out to be really good, but yeah, that that was pretty funny, actually.
2: You know,
0: you say that. Yep. We're going to pick on uh, yep. our friend Alexis uh, Rather from LSU at the at the, Solheim, yeah. at the Solheim Cup. Annika walks by, but she wanted Madeline's autograph. Madeline played for Alexis. It's not like she couldn't do it. And she blew Annika <laughs> off, and we still, to this day, I go like, really, Alexis? Really? Uh,
1: Alexis? <laughs> well, I'm
2: going to have to.
1: To, to talk to her about that one. Yeah,
0: you gotta remember that one. Yeah. That, one that one you can get her yeah, for another day, but that it was so funny but to see awesome. that. We laugh when we go in her house, and I said, oh, there's Annika's autograph. When did you get that? Because you blew her off at the Solheim <laughs> S- Cup, you know, so it's just, you know, you never know. That's it, 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 so funny. Yeah. I, I remember the Tiger Woods story. Somebody was asking me when he first turned pro at Milwaukee, what do you think? I said, you know, it's probably going to take him a little while, you know. You just don't walk out here and, and turn the world on fire. I think it took him six events to win, so I was just a little off on that one, so
2: You were just a little off, Jim. Yeah, that's okay. That's good
0: when they
1: prove us wrong.
0: Exactly. And I said cell phones weren't going to take over, so who knows? Yeah, that's right. It's crazy. But you you get better playing, uh, as you said, traveling, Mm -hmm. playing the junior tournaments. What was that junior experience like? Because we had a a lot of our listeners or kids that are going through that right now. What was the process like for you playing junior tournaments? And and you mentioned a national team, which is huge uh, development for you all. What was it like, that
2: junior Mm
1: -hmm. uh, experience for you?
2: um yeah it's,
1: it's different now right um mm-hmm. obviously it's um it's changed quite a bit but I traveled all over the all over the world um and played in an events and, and was fortunate uh to play for the national team so I got to play in all different types of countries and um and in different events and started play, match play and and played um and the, the European team events and and was fortunate there we we won several medals. So I learned how to play on a team from a young age. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the national team does a very good job of, again, developing the whole person. So teaching you how to how to set goals and, and how to manage the all the small details that go into becoming a great player. And then I actually came over here and played in a couple of AJGAs. Um, played in the Thunderbird twice
2: mm-hmm.
1: out in, um, in Arizona, which uh, I almost passed out from the heat because <laughs> I had a – I had a competition with one of my good friends, Karen, that, that ended up playing at Oklahoma State, and we, I think we had like twenty-two Dasani bottles in one <laughs> round, and we tried to compete to see who could drink the most. Um, and we still got sick, but yeah. uh, but no, that we we did that, and then and then um, I played in actually the Mercedes Benz. I don't know if you remember. Um, it was at um, Gettysview View mm-hmm. in Knoxville.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh I yeah,
1: played that twice. Yeah, yeah. I love that golf course. A lot of people don't, but I love it. Mm-hmm. I, I played well there, and I just – anyway, side note. Um, but so I got to see a little bit of the college teams, and it was funny. There was a set of twins at Northwestern, and they were like, you got to come here. And I'm like, I, I got nothing for school like that. Like, there's no <laughs> There's no chance. Um, I was being recruited by Oklahoma State. Amy Weeks wanted me to come desperately. They, they, like, called my dad, and I was like, I'm not going to where all the other Swedes are, which, meant, you know, hindsight – um, it's funny how things worked out and and um, I really I really liked Knoxville mm-hmm. and so recruiting was different you know there wasn't all the internet stuff and, and you got letters in the mail and and guides and submedia media guides and and I had heard um, really really great things about Judy and and the University of Tennessee and um, that's where I ended up going but definitely different you know not not as much information now as It's um, they can get everything at their fingertips on their phones. And and so I just, I played in a lot of tournaments, played everywhere and and just try to get my name out there and and got really lucky. Ended up at Tennessee.
0: What advice do you give kids that are out there in that process now in the current day? I mean, how, you know, we'll get into how they can get in touch with you, but what what advice Mm -hmm. do you have for the parents and kids uh, that are out there trying to figure out what direction to go?
1: Yeah, I think taking a lot of visits. Um and seeing the schools. I actually just had a conversation with a with a parent uh down in Miami the other day about this. It's 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 a tough landscape right now and mm-hmm. figuring out where you fit in as a player and and it's gotten so competitive. I mean, it's just another level, Jim. As you know, you've mm-hmm. got you have kids that have played and, and you see it, but um yeah, it's another level. So I would make sure you're you find somewhere where you enjoy the school and you enjoy the campus and the team. And, and yes, obviously the coaches, but as you know, now coaches are, are moving around a lot more than used to be that way. And and so I think as players, as parents, you want to make sure you find a good fit for the school, the academic part of it, the facility part of it, making sure that, that you think that, that you have the resources to, to get better, regardless of what happens, um, with the coach or within the program, I guess. And, and then find a place that you fall in love with mm-hmm. that that you want to represent. I think that's so important. Um, we, we, we want kids at Kentucky that, that love Kentucky and that they want to get better, but then they want to be a part of what we're doing here and, and helping lift this program to new heights, right? Just finding a place that you can fall in love with and that you believe in, uh, no matter what happens. I think it's, it's really important.
0: Yeah, that's great advice. I, always, I, I remember a couple of kids were asking me, and I was like, you know, go to a place where if you didn't make a trip or you didn't play, but you felt like you'd be comfortable, mm-hmm. if it gets down to that. But the thing that I think you just hit that was so important is you got to be proud of the bag you're wearing, uh, the, the name mm-hmm. on your shirt, you know, Kentucky, whatever the school is, you got to be proud of that. And I think that's a big part of it. But you mentioned coming over. What was that first year like? Because a lot of freshmen struggle that first year adjusting to school. What was it like for you? And and now you're a coach. What advice do you have for the kids when they come in that first year and for their
1: parents? First time maybe away from home. Yeah, I um, I was just super competitive. So I came in and I was like, I'm just going to kick everybody's butt. Mm. Um, <laughs>
0: <yeah>. <laughs> and you did. So
1: I had a, yeah, I, I had a successful first year. Um and, and did really well, I think, as a freshman because I just I didn't do so well in school and then I was like, Oh, maybe I should pay attention to school a little bit. It is kind of important. So my advice would be for, for kids to come in and pay attention to school. Um A. And um and then I struggled a little bit my, my second year. Expectations went up and, and um, Jim, I'll be honest, I I completely lost my game. And you know, if you talk to Judy, um, bless her. You know, she she was with me through thick and thin and, and we went through a lot but she stayed stayed right there and, and coached me and and uh, yeah I went from being a really really good player freshman year to, to really struggling my second year and then had to work my way back and then my senior year had the best year I'd, I'd ever had at, at Tennessee and, and as a player so it's a journey and uh, for a freshman coming in just trying to land on your feet and just stick with your routine try to keep doing what you've been doing that's made you successful. I think when players start to, you know, come in and they try to change things and, and try to, you know, work really hard to fit in or whatever you want to call it. I think there's, it's important to keep a little bit of the same stuff. You know, you grow as a player. So you're going to learn stuff within your program. And if you have a good coach, um, they're going to allow you to do that and grow within yourself. But I think it's so important for, for these freshmen come in and find their footing Mm -hmm. um and a lot of coaches um some coaches at least you know dive in really quickly and try to try to help too soon um and I always tell freshmen I'm like I just I want you to get comfortable because if you get comfortable then you're going to play better so we just want to get to know your game talk to us about what drills you do you know we're going to incorporate things that we do as a, a with our team but um and with our players but i I just think helping that player find their footing is huge um it's just very important for them to play at the level that they can play at and to continue to get better for them to start again believing and finding that confidence as well as the freshmen Uh, they have to be comfortable
0: you mentioned expectations for yourself what do you tell your players now Mm -hmm. uh you know you had a very good year last year you got to the ncaa's we'll get into Mm -hmm. that a little bit later but what do you you know, expectations You mentioned Jensen Jensen Castle wins the USM. How do you keep those expectations from taking over uh, and having too high of expectations of yourself?
2: Yeah, it's hard, Jim. I,
1: there's no doubt about that. And and I have to catch myself. I I'm still a fairly young coach, and I've been in this for a long time. But, but I'm, um, you know, when you're trying to to continue to get better, you, you catch yourself sometimes and, and getting caught up in the expectations. So it's just a constant, I think, conversation. Um, I'm a very, uh, communicative coach. So I talk to my players a lot and try to catch it before it gets too far away from us. Um, and the same for me and, and Brian, uh, my assistant coach, just making sure we're checking ourselves, um, and just, Hey, our, our expectation is, is the day-to-day detail stuff, right? If we do, if we take care of the details day-to-day, then the big stuff will take care of itself. And if we can hit our performance goals and, and do that and work towards those every single day, then we will get to, to, to where we want to be and have a chance to win golf tournaments. Um, that's just, that's just the, the nature of the beast. So I think it's just a daily check-in and, and weekly check-in, whatever you want to call it, uh, and just remind yourself of, of what we need to do every day to, to see the success that we want to see. And someday, you know, they're going to come or they're not going to come. Mm-hmm. You've got to be in the moment um And you can prepare all you want and 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 talk the talk, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Just golf is a funny game like that.
0: It sure is. As you, uh, tell me. As you know, yeah. <laughs> that's why I'm talking yeah. about it now. <laughs> yeah, but it,
2: about, it, it. It, it, it's yeah. the
0: ups and downs, and it's how you handle the downs. Yeah. I think that's the the toughest part. But uh, you finish up at Tennessee. You so say you decided to go to mm-hmm. Florida to maybe try to turn pro for a short stop, but you get an opportunity to get into coaching. Why did you get into coaching and you, your first job is in Baton Rouge for Karen
1: Bonson at LSU? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, um, yeah. I moved to Florida. That's what that's what all pros do, right? Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'll do. move to Florida. That'd be great. <laughs> That'd be great. Um, and very quickly, I, I got a, my first job. You know, I was an outside service rep. Is a really great way of saying you're a cart girl. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I got a great I got a great place to, to practice and that's what I wanted and to make, make some money, have my, have my real first job. And, and, um, anyways, I realized fairly quickly, I'd also, you mentioned my, my two daughters and, and my young family at ours also met my now husband, my very last semester, Tennessee. So lots okay. of things were changing and, um, in my life. And he was still in Knoxville. Um, and I was in Sarasota and, and, I was sitting there kind of by myself with my little dog, Jack. And I'm like, what am I doing? You know, I, I, um, I love golf. I don't know that I want to play anymore. And um, my mom was like, well, why don't you look into coaching? And I thought, yeah, I, I was always really good at helping my teammates.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: it was always a good sounding board. And, and I knew what to do. I just struggled doing it myself um, I just wasn't, wasn't quite able to, to kind of wrap my mind around that, I guess. And I did, I felt like I had done the work. I felt like I had, I'd gone to Q school and I loved it, man. I was right there, Jim. I didn't make it, but man, I was like, I'm going back next year. This is awesome. And people are like, you're
2: nuts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not great. Yeah.
1: But I, it was, I, I had a good experience, um, at at, At uh, Q School, even it it, it was different then, but but um, yeah, I just enjoyed it, the competitiveness of it, and and um, anyways, um, I'm rambling here, but but, yeah, I I just kind of fell out of um, love with playing the game, so I looked into coaching. So I actually applied it as as an assistant here at Kentucky, at Arkansas with Shauna Mm and LSU, and Karen um knew me as a player Tennessee and LSU when I played we were such good friends you know we would play pranks on each other and and the, the coaches Karen and, and Judy you know they would help the teams and, and we were just really good friends mm-hmm. and so Karen knew me as a player and brought me in for an interview and we just man we just hit it off and um she taught me so much and and I owe I owe almost everything to her honestly uh for where I'm at today
0: what did you learn from Karen while you were down there? And you mentioned that coaches bond because I still see it. I, it's a it's a fraternity amongst the women's yeah. coaches and men's coaches because y'all know you're in the same boat together. But what'd you learn those three four years you were down in Baton Rouge?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I was there for three years. I really grew up. To be very honest, Karen, Karen, what she wasn't, um, you know, like my mother. She was. We became peers mm-hmm. and. Learn to be a leader on and off the golf course. Um, learn how to be consistent. Learned how to communicate in tough times. Um, you know, learn also. <laughs> you learn. It's um, you know, some days are good, some days are bad, and and so and I learned a lot from her too about being a mom, mm-hmm. um, being having you know, being a, a coach playing that role, also being a wife, being. Being a mother, having two kids, now her kids are, were older, um, but, but we made it to the national championship the very first year I was there, and, and just, just the competitiveness, but how to make everybody feel involved within the team, how to grow people, um, even though they might not be playing, or help them grow, how to challenge them, how to communicate in, in, in tough situations. I was terrified of conflict when I got there, and Karen really taught me that it's okay, you know, it's okay to have a tough conversation, but with a soft heart, Mm -hmm. um, and to be humble in those conversations. And, and she taught me everything I know and and how to continue to get better, how to seek out information. Um, she challenged me in a lot of different ways and really helped me grow up in those three years. And, um, yeah, it's pretty neat. It's, um, yeah, we, we had a wonderful working, really. And we're still really good friends. We're best friends still to this day.
0: Yeah, you learn a lot from those coaches that have been there. And, and that's the, that's kind of the job of the coach, not just for their players, for their mm-hmm. other coaches, is, is you pass on the knowledge. And, and that that's part of coaching. When you're playing, you don't usually share yeah. that information. But when you begin into coaching, it had to help you when you first go into that interview process for the Kentucky job because you're only three years as an <laughs> assistant. Now you're the head coach at Kentucky. What was that process like? That had to be overwhelming.
1: <laughs> Jim, I don't think I knew what I was doing. Um, <laughs> no, so I was twenty-seven. I was twenty-seven, and um, the job came open, right? And my husband and I—he had just moved to LSU. He was getting his uh, PhD down there. So okay. we had—we'd been married for what, like a, a year, and he maybe two years at the time. And we'd only lived together for a year because he had to finish his master's um, at Tennessee, and then he started his PhD at LSU, and then I left him again. <laughs> 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 yes, yeah, so I left him down at LSU, but we um, I didn't think I was gonna get an interview. I was like, I'll just apply, it's, a, it's an SEC job, that's what I wanted. My, we wanted to get um, a little bit closer to his family. Uh, mm-hmm. They're in Pennsylvania. I've, obviously, you mentioned I'm from Sweden, so I don't have any family outside of his family here. And that's hard. You know, when uh-huh. you're 23 hours driving from, from any kind of family, that's, that's really tough. And so we, um, we thought that geography-wise it fit. I, I played at Tennessee, and I was like, man, I'd like to get Kentucky. That'd be pretty neat to get Kentucky to a spot where it's really competitive. Um, but the main thing, an SEC, um, SEC school, right? Um, I, love, I love this conference. So, so that was important. The process, I, so I get an interview. I'm in shock.
2: <laughs> i'm like okay so
1: i'm like all right here we go so i prepared um i prepared as hard as i could and i wrote out questions karen helped me with my outfit uh what to wear she helped you know she helped me prepare um and and how to respond to questions and and um, um my again my husband was a huge help and and helping me um Phrase some of the things I, I had in my in my heart and what I wanted to say, but to put it on paper, you know, when mm-hmm. you talk about your vision and what you're trying to accomplish and where you want to take the program, and it's hard sometimes to put that into words. You know what it is, but it's hard to to, to put it out there. So, anyways, um, I prepared for quite a while and came in and spent a day here with Mark Coyle that hired me, and uh, he's now up in Minnesota, but but had a wonderful day and met with the athletic director Mitch Barnhart for about an hour. Um, had a really, really good visit. And, and um, it was, um, I I must've said something wrong. I was, I I said, my joke is I must've said something right because they called me very quickly after. So I don't know, right fit at the right time and getting a little bit lucky, Jim. Um, I think they wanted a fresh start Mm -hmm. and somebody young to to come in and and have a lot of energy, a lot of passion. And and I certainly have that um, still, so um, they uh be careful what you wish for. You know, I I fight really hard for this program and, and we got a ways to go. But that was my process and it's different now. Twelve years in, I look at other coaches trying to get head coaching jobs and the landscape has shifted quite a bit. So I'm I feel like incredibly grateful for where I'm at and lucky. Um and just thankful that Mitch took a chance on me twelve years ago.
0: Yeah, I think Mitch was in Knoxville too, uh, for a while. Mm-hmm, he uh, was uh, he I think yeah. uh, there's in maybe the early mid nineties. Uh, he may be an assistant AD or whatever. It's it's amazing you, mm-hmm. you mentioned the conference because a lot of these athletic directors are, and even at K- Kentucky has such a system of guys who go mm-hmm. on to be athletic directors in the conference. But he, I remember meeting there in Knoxville. They were. I think they put me out there at halftime right after I won the tour championship and he was kind of in charge of that. And I remember meeting him there and then he took the job at Kentucky He's done a great job. Mm-hmm. There. But those first few years, you guys kept getting, y'all kept getting better and better, but you got to the NCAA, almost mm-hmm. got to the NCAA championship in, in 2014. That's when Brian May, who is now your assistant came in. What's mm-hmm. his influence been like for the team and, and for you helping you with this program, continuing to get better each and every year?
1: Yeah, he came in. I think at a crucial time for for me as a head coach, and and I was looking for something different. Um, and him and I hit it off. He has a, a very calming influence. Like I said, I'm I'm passionate. I'm energetic, and so is he. But but he um, he he also has a calm and a poise that that really helps me. I think at times. And and that regionals was crazy, and that was his first year. And and we had some 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 drama going on. Um, we had just had a freshman come in at semester uh, from Sweden, really really good. And then one of our best players um, actually ended up leaving us. Mm. Um, she wanted to go back home to Texas, and and so it was hard. She'd come in and and um, gotten a lot better, and she was our like I said our best player. And, and that happens,
2: you mm-hmm. know.
1: It's um, some some teams and, and coaches and, and programs aren't for everybody, and and we hated to see her go, but. But it all worked out in the end, but he um he came in and and i think just tried to find his footing um as a young assistant coach, and that regionals was was <laughs> was something else we played really well, and like like you said, we came up just short, but we ended up having that um the swedish girl and our and our future transfer and a playoff to make it as an individual to the national championship along with a player from kent state okay now you <laughs> so you want to talk about nervousness uh-huh um, so yeah so we just we let him play um brian and i stayed stayed back and just watched um just because again it, it was it was an unbelievable situation and um, it was tough not to make it being so close. I thought our team handled the whole situation very, very well. And, and Purdue ended up holding on and, and beat us by three shots, I think, but, but, uh, just an interesting experience. I learned a lot as a coach of, of just staying calm and, and you just never know what's going to happen. Um, I'd been in similar situations as a player with Tennessee and, and you just have to you really just have to continue to breathe, um, take it one shot at a time and, and, um, and see what happens at the end of the day. Cause you it's a meant- very stressful and, and, high anx- and high anxiety moment.
0: And, and, and you as a player and as a coach what would you how would you describe your coaching philosophy cuz i've watched you coach you're always out there with them and you're you you know you're competitive but you keep it kind of light what would you how mm-hmm. would you describe your coaching philosophy i mean are you out there with a individual for the whole weight team do you bounce around how do, how do you go about uh, when you're out there coaching an event yeah, well
2: we
1: we bounce around a little bit we we want independent players okay um, i like that i, I want players that yeah i I mean they're on their own all summer they're they're on their own um before they come to college and they have to own their decisions obviously we're there to to coach and we're there in the practice round and we do a lot of the a lot of coaching prior to and and if they need it in the moment um and if you know emotionally they need the support or they just you know their group isn't isn't a whole lot of fun and you have somebody that wants to talk we'll walk and talk with them but i I really want players that um that are independent because that's, that's what it is. And I'm happy to, to um, be there and confirm their decision. I think that's more so what they look for sometimes um, and to, to keep their mind off of, off of golf in between shots. But, but I think it's so important um, that, that they own their game uh, because, it, it, you know, golf is such an individual sport, as you know, and, and um, that, yeah, that's, that's my coaching philosophy really. So we ask them, you know, the night before, are there certain shots? Are there certain holes? And, and then Brian and I come up with a game plan of, of areas that we feel like um, we might want to be at and where we may have information that's going to benefit them. Mm-hmm. And we have some players that, that want that information. We have some players that if they want it, they will ask us to come over. Um, or they might not want it. And that's totally okay, too. I, I, again, it's it's such an individual Thing with coaching and you have to figure out each player and what they what their needs are
0: yeah like that uh, you mentioned independent what else are you looking for when you're out recruiting players uh uh in the junior level what do you what are you and brian looking for in a player
2: um
1: competitiveness um we're also starting to look and i know this is going to sound cliche but in distance, um being in the SEC and looking at at the the some of the best in, in, the, in the country, really, distance is so important mm-hmm. um, when you look at, at the top players having distance control with their irons. Um, how many greens are they hitting? How close are they hitting it? Um, how many birdies around are they making? You know, it's, it's, um, it's hard to teach a player how to make birdies if, if they're making four or five birdies around that's hard to teach. Uh, but if they're doing that in junior golf and, and you know, if they're playing 6,000 plus yards, that's something that, that we find this is really important as well. But the competitiveness, the attention to detail, um, same thing as, as as we talked about earlier, that piece. how much are the parents involved on the road? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, are there, are there, are they on their own on the range warming up? Um, when we talk to them, I ask a lot about what they love about the game. Uh, where are they wanting to go? Do they have, do they have a clear path? And that path may be, yes, I want to turn pro and I want to be the best player in the world, or it may be, Hey, I want to be a really good college player and see if I can get to the next level. Mm -hmm. And I think that's okay too. As long as you, as long as you are focused and you know where you want to go, and it's okay to say, I don't know if my game will be good enough, but I want to be as good as I can possibly be. We've had some, some really, really great players. Um, we had Jordan Shales, she transferred from Nebraska and, she knew she wanted to be a, a great college player, and that she was going to go into the medical field mm-hmm. and boy, she was competitive as heck, and she was a very good player for it, so yeah, it's pretty those are the type of things that we look for.
0: all right, the golden question uh and I gave you the mm-hmm. question before what separates that elite player because now Kentucky women's golf is becoming mm-hmm. elite, getting closer to an elite program. What separates that elite player from maybe the rest, and you've been around some of the best and played against some of the best. Yeah.
2: Yeah, again, I, I think
0: it's the
1: attention to detail. It's taking care of, of not just your game and understanding your game, but taking care of your body, taking care of your nutrition. Um, you're in college, so making sure that your academics are taken care of. The the, the players that I see that are successful, um, and, and I have several, I, I think you know Jensen gets a lot of attention, but Marissa Wensler on my team, man, she's a workhorse,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: she doesn't get enough credit, I think. She she has an incredible plan of what she wants to do and she's putting people around her to, to, to help her reach her goals. Lainey Fry, same thing. Yep. Reggae on my team. I mean, they, they, um, they do all those small detail things, um, that are going to get them to the next level. So paying attention to detail and then being competitive, even in, in, you might not have your best, but can you be competitive and get them the ball in the hole? It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what it feels like. Um, it shouldn't matter. You know, the greatest players can get the ball in the hole regardless of how they feel mm-hmm. on any given day. So, so just getting the ball in the hole and figuring it out, and and putting the the clutter to the side, putting the noise to the side. I think is is very very important too. I I just I think all those things. If you look at elite players and, and what it's going to take to get to that spot, all those things are needed.
0: Yeah. Very well said.
1: Um, yeah.
0: The team. Yeah. Let's go back to the spring. Team gets the NCAA's uh, uh, to mm-hmm. the finals first time since the I guess '92. It was how satisfying was that for you as a coach and for the team? what did you learn about your team in that kind of that season as it continued and in that week uh, getting all the way to the NCAA's? What was that experience like for you and the team?
2: Yeah, it was. Um, it,
1: it it was humbling and it was amazing to watch. We um, our team does really well. You know, we talked about expectations earlier, but, but we came and we didn't get a practice round. And we had gone to SECs and, and, and played average and finished at, towards the very bottom. We just didn't make any birdies. And, and we kept, and Karen was with me. And Karen's like, "Oh, well, your team is so good. They just have to realize it. Mm-hmm. And we were disappointed, um, obviously, but we just kept talking about what what can happen. And kind of didn't go back to the drawing board, just stayed consistent. And so we go to Ohio State. And don't get a practice round because it's soaked. So we walk the golf course um, and we go to this (laughs) kind of crappy range hitting off of, hitting off of mats, just because the girls wanted to hit balls and it's freezing and they're out there and and grinding away. Um, And, and so anyway, so we get to playing and, and you know, the Ohio state Scarlet course is
0: tough. tough. Yes. And if it's wet, it's really um, tough.
1: We just, uh, huh. And we just stayed consistent, calm. Um, just try to have poise, just, Again, everything was, was um, the same as we have done. We, we weren't treating it as any other event. And we had some great conversations. We had our support staff with us. Um, our team loves our strength coach and, and our athletic trainer, and they bring phenomenal energy, and they're very positive, and, and that's exactly what our team needed. And, and we, we did well enough to put ourselves in a position there for the last day, and, um, and we just kept playing our game. And I was so impressed. of of the poise you know you're on first tee in the last day and a little dog leg to the right there and and most of our girls hit a draw and and they just they all hit great tee shots you know great second shots and they just I was so proud I mean I can't even put in the words um obviously I was in tears after but but funny story we're we're out on the course and and we have what five six seven holes left and and we're starting to stumble a little bit and I I texted Brian I said god help us we can't make a three-footer to save our life and he texts me back and he goes golda just sit back and watch him play our team's amazing they've they're so good just sit back and watch it happen and so he's on 18 um or 17 with the first couple and, and i'm on 15 with um with laney i believe and, and then reggae and reggae was so nervous her, her hands were shaking you know i was 15 and, and she's hitting a good shot in and she makes par and uh we get through 16 and i'm walking with laney on 17 laney's shaking like a leaf and she's like i just don't want to be the one to screw this up for us i said laney you're not just keep breathing and she hit it to like 25 feet and she's like that's terrible what's like, laney you got 25 feet yeah um, she you know, she's got great touch, she makes par and, and I walk down eighteen with her, she's shaking. I mean I Jim, you know how golf is, you just shake it uncontrollably, right? I, I, but um we stripes it, Laney stripes it down eighteen, I'm just so proud. I'm just like I'm shaking too, you know. I'm I'm nervous. I'm I'm understanding of the moment and what might happen and, and um I walk in with Laney and then I go find Reggie in the fairway on eighteen and she's Shaken, and she freaking steps up, steps off of it once, she's nervous, steps into it again and hits it, um, I want to say like 10 feet, goes up and birdies the last hole, Jim. I mean, you just can't script this stuff no. and everybody's running up and uh, it's um, just the poise that they showed and, and that's what we talked about, being able to compete through those nerves. Like being able to handle that moment, that's what any great player is looking for. But as a coach, I was blown away. I was blown away at at how they handled the moment and, um, you know, everything happens for a reason. And we had gone through a lot and and learned a ton and especially in the spring and and really had a turnaround moment at Georgia's tournament, um, there in, in March, but it was just a, um, It was an unbelievable ride. I'm getting excited, just shaking and talking about it. Well, how do you how
0: how do you not how do you keep yourself calm and not let the girls see that you're nervous? How do you do that? Because (laughs) as a parent, I'm usually (laughs) hiding behind a tree, so I know that feeling.
2: Yeah. (laughs) yeah exactly
1: i i try to get in the moment as much as i can um not look at golf that i i put my phone away so they had a a board up obviously for live scoring and it was wrong so i had checked it just to see and i told my player um i told lane i said that board is wrong Mm -hmm. okay it's better than what it is so just stay calm we're okay we're doing okay just keep playing and so I just try to be in the moment with them. That's, that's how I, I mean, I'm still nervous and I got butterflies and, and, but that's why I do this. I love, I love it. Um, I love those emotions and, and they handled it so, so well. Um, so I just, yeah, I try to be in the moment with them and, and talk and, and that talking to them helps calm me down as well.
0: Yeah, it does. Call yourself and walking yeah. off the cliff. I've been there, done that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. A couple more things. I know you're busy and you got to get the girls, but uh, Jensen Castle jumps into the spotlight last uh, summer, USAM, and she only brings, I think, less than three or four golf balls with the Kentucky logo on. And and, and we hear this mm-hmm. story, and I'm asking her, I guess maybe the semifinal. I said, Jensen, seriously? She goes, well, I've only used one in yeah. a match play, and then Brian shows up for the finals. I said, please tell me. And I had texted you, but I think you were back home and well. Mm-hmm. please get the girls some logo balls. Uh and it was just it was such a priceless she was such a delight to be around uh but that has to yeah a kid like that and have that success has had to help the program and help you with recruiting and getting the word out there like you mentioned she's up there with an olympic uh, gold medalist mm-hmm. uh, being announced that has to help uh the future for kentucky women's golf having a player like it and players you mentioned earlier
1: yeah no it it does and it, it again it these are players that have come in and they wholly believe in what we're doing as a program. Um, and they are putting Kentucky on their back and, and go on full steam ahead and saying, how far can we go? You know, where can we, I, I mean, we, we talked about breaking glass ceilings. That's, that's part of our vision and, and setting new records. And, and we broke one a uh, big one um, obviously last spring and we have even more to break. Uh, but they, yeah, they bought in and, and they, I always say successful teams, collegiate teams. The coach, yes, the coach is is the head coach and and we set the standard. But what I learned at Tennessee is is the team has to the team has to take it on. The team has to decide to choose to believe, to choose to put in the work on their own time. we We get them for, Yes, the fall and, and the spring, but there's so much time in between and the summers and the winter that, that the individuals have to put in the work and stay connected as a team and and push each other and support each other. And if you have that bond and if you can create that culture and continue to foster that culture, which is what Jensen and Marissa and Laney and Marie and all of them are doing, um, then that is is what's really going to help propel your program. And I think you see that at the highest level, um, you know, I, I don't I don't know, like a program like a Stanford, they have the number one and number two player in the mm-hmm. world. That's a little different. But but for a team like us, that this is what we need. Right. We we have to have a solid culture uh, where players feed off of each other so that we can we can recruit high level players that want to be part of that, that um, that want to continue. And I want to they want pl- to play for something that they can really believe in. Um that we can do something special at Kentucky. So yes, it's helped in recruiting and, and now we're fighting, you know, Ole Miss and yeah. Florida and LSU and recruiting and so other things like, you know, making sure our facilities are are where they need to be and, and it's it's gotten very competitive. But but yes, we're talking to better players and that's exactly where we want to be. That's, and yeah,
2: it, it's fine. It's kinda of where I our,
0: when I went to Knoxville, they had nothing. And we win the mm-hmm. SEC my freshman yep. year and we kind of built that and they're building it back on the men's side and, and hopefully on the women's side. Yeah. But what lies ahead? And I'll let you go. What lies ahead for the spring? I know it's just around the corner, as We mentioned, uh, when do y'all get started yeah. and, and uh, what are you looking for forward in the spring for the team?
1: Well, yeah, Jim, it's it's definitely busy. We, we literally go to, uh, we're going to go practice that concession, um, not this weekend, but the next one. And then we're going to play Louisville, excuse me, in a one day match at Pelican Bay, in Naples. And, and then we're off and running. UCF and Darius and um, Clover Cup in Arizona, and, and then Clemson. But um, what, what I what I'm looking forward to is is trying to get my team a little bit more relaxed. We we had a decent fall, and and to some it was a good, a good fall, and and had a couple top fives. But we can we can definitely do better. And I think we played a little tight. Um, is, is where we ended up in the fall and just trying a little too hard. So we're, we're going to work on just relaxing a little bit more, having now we can actually go out to dinner, um, <laughs> eat in restaurants and, and do some different things outside of, of just golf. This team really needs that and, and, um, have fun together. I think is is huge. And they spend a lot of time together outside of golf here in Lexington, but, but I think doing that on the road too. And, and it's not just always so business, um, College golf definitely is a business, but, but we want to have some fun along the way too.
0: That's, that's how we compete at the highest level. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'm going to, I actually, at. I think golf channel is doing uh, Darius Rucker, uh, and, uh, I'll see you there cause I'm actually calling the holes. Oh, perfect. So I'll get to see y'all there.
2: We're going to have,
1: uh, yeah, we're going to have quite a following. My parents are, are in, um. They're in Florida right now, but but they haven't been over in two years, Jim, because of COVID. Right. So th- that's that's why I wasn't at the AM. I hadn't seen them in a year and a half, and I jumped on a plane as soon as I could, and and there I was, been texting with you as you're watching, Jim.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: Um. Uh, so they're going to be there with their with their two dogs, and and uh, Betty Lou's going to come. Our, our former coach, Hall of Fame coach, now yep. and amy reed and stuff like that so it, it's going to be the dairy is going to be a lot of fun for sure so we're excited to see you there awesome
0: well good luck thanks for spending yeah. some time with you and go throw a few snowballs this afternoon with the girls
1: i will i will uh, <laughs> i will my daughter's very excited to to, to make a snow angel so uh, all right we'll see how good all
0: right girl good luck right. appreciate Thank you being you. with us
1: uh-huh bye-bye